All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Mayfair Theater Podcast. I'm Andrew. And I'm Josh. And Mel is missing this week. That's it. Mel got a better offer. Yeah. <laughs> Mel, She's on another podcast. Mel has gone to a competing Mayfair Theater Podcast. She wanted more money. She got a better job. Wait, we're getting paid for this? What? <laughs> we get paid in love and occasional free pizza. Yeah. Uh, so, what should, we, should we talk the Oscars? Oscars went by. Yes, they went by. Uh, you, had to, you were actually in the theater kind of watching the Oscars. I, yeah. was, I was busy in the lobby marking ballots. As you usually do. Yeah, which has become one of my favorite annual traditions. Uh, uh, Christy, our former manager, texted me earlier in the day, all caps, saying, do we get to mark ballots tonight? And I, <laughs> and I totally forgot that she was going to be working. And, and I was, it was such a, a nice... Uh, uh, to have her back in the fold because uh, it, it's it's this weird thing where I don't really care about the Oscars, you know. No, not me neither. But it's fun. It's fun here. If I was watching at home, I admit I might just like record them and fast forward through a lot of it. They could be fun to watch, but uh, uh, telephones ringing. Oh, we'll let the machine get it. Yeah, we'll let the. Uh, we'll just turn that off. There we go. Don't uh, worry, we will return your call. If, yeah, uh, <laughs> if you are listening to this. If you're listening live. Um, yeah, so I don't really care. And it's funny because when Spotlight won, I had to be standing at the back because the way the math worked out, um, we had our winners. We had our winners of, of, of who had the most um, uh, correct nominations guessed. Yeah. And when Spotlight won, I saw at least three different people uh, leap up like they were watching the end of a, of like a hockey tournament or, or watching the end of a of a boxing fight, um, just with excitement, you know, mm-hmm. and and that's cool that you know you're into your favorite movie winning, but it's weird that people get that in or they on the opposite end get angry like mm-hmm. oh why didn't they win? Well, I wanted Mad Max to win, but whatever, you know, it that yeah. that won plenty of uh, awards. Win- By the way, yes. Mad Max is coming back here uh, yes. this Friday and Saturday at nine fifteen. So that's the March 4th and 5th. Yeah. Uh, and and to avoid confusion, it is not the mythical black and white edition no, of I mean, the movie. We'd like to do the black and white version, but, I mean, we would have to let people know ahead of time. I mean... Well, as far as I know... We'd have to put that yeah. on our website and then the flyer, otherwise it would confuse the hell out of people who aren't in the know on yeah. there being a black and white version. And I, was I mean, ju- there really isn't a black and white version. Well, that's the thing, too, there's is that... just talks of one, I think. Yeah, there's no... As far as I know, there's no, like, official version yet. So I was chatting with Marcus, our, our projectionist slash techie guy, and he said, we could do that, but then you do get into the issue that then... Probably a good seventy-five percent of the crowd, maybe at least fifty percent of the crowd, would be like, "What the hell's what's going on?" Going with the projector? on? <laughs> yeah. So, if George Miller puts his stamp of approval and they actually do an official black and white release, and you know, make a poster and make a trailer and all that stuff, but uh, this is the normal edition, because uh, yeah, if not, we would we would give you a warning. But mm-hmm. it's it's man, like you know, Facebook tricks us sometimes, but. If Facebook is any judge, these are going to be well-attended shows because mm-hmm. people are talking about it. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, so sometimes that's a trick, but hopefully they'll come back out because this, you know... Well, it's worth seeing again and again. It's that it is going to be a classic. Yeah. Know? It now, already is a classic in my Now you opinion. get to see it post its And you got to see it on the big screen. If, if you missed it upon original release, Yeah, 
you got to see it on the big screen. When it started rolling along, it won, it won something crazy, like four in a row, and then it lost a couple, like, like yeah, cinematography. It, yeah, or Revenant won cinematography. And, and effects, I think, was uh, Ex, Ex, Machina. Ex Machina, which Christy laughed at me because I called it Ex Machina. And uh, I think most people call it Ex Machina. Ex Machina, yeah. I wasn't even thinking. That's but, a really good movie. We didn't show it, but yeah, we missed that's, that. One. That's actually a really cool movie. But when it started rolling along, I was like, "Is this gonna win?" Like, I, I there was just this momentum yeah. it had where I thought maybe people are actually, you know, every once in a while a nerd movie does win the big award. Well, I was hoping it would be kind of like uh, maybe similar to when Return of the King was winning everything that one year. Yeah, but it, it, it seemed to kind of. Often they'll kind of split things where they'll be like, okay, you know, Spotlight, you get... It really split it this year now that I think about it. Like, Spotlight, you get picture. Uh, Big Short, you get script. Uh, yeah, it's more kind of spread out now. Yeah. Than it's, I think maybe it's been a while since a movie has like really swept all the awards. And this year, too, like the only one I haven't seen of the picture nominees is The Revenant, which we have starting this Friday. So yeah. I'm going to see it in the upcoming week. Another must on the big screen. But all the other ones, I was kind of like, yep, I, I liked Big Short. I liked Bridge, uh, Bridge of Spies. I, I liked um, everything. You know, there, there, was, there, was, there was not one in there that I was like, you don't deserve to be in there. Where in past years, um, when, when, uh, when non-David Cronenberg Crash was nominated, mm-hmm. I didn't see it till much later. Much later, I saw it on, like, DVD. Mm-hmm. And I was, I, you know, it's all subjective. But I, but I was like, I think, in my opinion, this is the worst movie that has ever won a Best Picture award. I, I really didn't like it. I liked it at the time, but I think it probably hasn't aged very well. Yeah. And Brokeback Mountain, which yeah. should have won, Those is, gay is cowboys a much were better robbed. film. Yeah, robbed, those yeah. gay cowboys. But, um... But yeah, so that's it now, right? Award season's over for another uh, yeah. eight months or whatever. But it, it was it was a good show. Chris Rock did did well. Uh, there was except for the uh, little Asian yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he lost the audience around that time. Yeah, uh, Louis C.K. Sarah Silverman had some funny stuff in there. Joe Biden. Joe Biden brought yeah. the house down. Yeah. Um, Coming out to the theme of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Which is I, odd. So I was standing in the lobby and I heard that and my brain went, Harrison Ford. And I ran up and I was like, what? Joe Biden gets to walk out to Indiana Jones now? That's, yeah. Um, and, and I had the same reaction as that adorable little kid from Room when BB-8 rolled out on stage. I was like, he's real. Those things are always clunky whenever they get, every year they'll get, you know, whatever, the the genie from Aladdin or Roger Rabbit or The Simpsons. Every year they get something like that. And it's always a little clunky. Um, yeah. And I don't know why they keep doing it. Um, this year it was the Minions, so they got the Minions to come out. But, but uh, they didn't they do the Minions already one year? Maybe. Maybe they're just And then they did enough. Woody and, and uh, oh, that's right, Buzz yeah. Lightyear, and I'm like, didn't they do that? So there was some, you know, yeah. deja vu this year. But I think it's it's um, it's always a time constraint to get everything in mm. and my bright idea is you know n- no disrespect to the short filmmakers or like the sound guys because i have both worked on short films and been a sound guy yeah um take those awards take the two the two sound awards and the two short film awards and stick them in with the technical awards and even televise it like maybe like put it on the independent film channel or bravo mm-hmm. or something 
And by doing that, you could have another event that you could sell advertising on, get somebody cool like, you know, Sarah Silverman or Louis C.K. to host it. Well, they already kind of do that, don't they? Yeah, do they televise it? Uh, they tape it. They tape it. But see, so, so add a couple it. more awards, give it an extra show, and that would cut, like, I don't know, 20 minutes out of, if not more, out of that telecast. And, because it always, like, this one ran till midnight. Yeah, it was long. So that meant... The pre-show was on TV. Like the red carpet was seven o'clock. Why don't they just get rid of get rid of the red carpet yeah, and air it earlier? Yeah. Start start the actual ceremony at seven thirty or eight. Yeah. Get rid of the red carpet bullshit, which you know, yeah, I get it. People want to, you know, see who's yeah. wearing whom or whatever. Yeah. Because even know. if you start, because it's for the West Coast too, right? But even if you started it at eight, that would be five o'clock on the West Coast. That's not too bad. Yeah. That's but even at eight thirty, it's only five thirty out there. But but that meant like like a three and a half hour award show, and there's always stuff where I'm like, why are you doing this? Why are you wasting time? They show clips from all the best picture winners or nominees. Yeah, I'm like, just don't do that. Well, the the president of the academy came out and said, we're gonna make it more diverse. This year. And it's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, we already know. Like you yeah. already issued a press release like that yeah. she didn't need to come out and do no. well she needed to because it's a political thing right yeah. like she has to i guess but yeah chris for the Rock, sake of the show it's like there's so many things they can just do away with yeah chris is going to comment on this and and then there's stuff every year there's stuff where i wish they would leave in but then they take out like a couple years ago there was a song from the muppets nominated for best song yeah and i was like how great's that going to be it, it's going to be uh, the Muppets live on stage singing a song and they didn't do it. And, yeah. and I thought like, and it would have been a, a, a Brit from, from flight of the Concords yeah. and the Muppets singing a song and they just didn't. And I'm like, why not leave that in and, you know, take out, you know, all you had to do was show less clips of the best picture nominees. Mm-hmm. Cause they show like, I don't know if they show eight or nine, three minute clips. That's mm-hmm. a lot of clips. But yeah, they always take out the one thing I would like to see. And then this this year they didn't do what like I mean, they had Dave Grohl there singing for the memoriam. Yeah. And they had Lady Gaga. Yeah. But that was kind of unrelated, right? Or was that for a film? Or was that just Yeah, that was the the song from uh the documentary, the Oh right, the okay. Yeah. Ground. yeah. But the crappy James Bond song one. Yeah. And then he got up and he's like, I'm the first gay man to win an Oscar. And it's like, uh, <laughs> no, you're not. no, you're not. Remember when Elton John won a number of years ago? Yeah, that was funny. It was like, you should, it's nice, good for you, but maybe research your words just a yeah. little bit before they come out of your mouth. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was a fun night here at the Mayfair. We were pretty much a packed house. Uh, a lot of people got dressed up fancy. Uh, our neighbors at Panago Pizza gave us a truckload of free pizza yeah, for free, yeah. which is amazing of them. Yeah. Um, and I think it was a good uh, good idea on their part because I think um, since they're new to the neighborhood and to the city, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people who had not had them before. No, no. And uh, I'm a big fan because they got the vegan pizza. Mm-hmm. And um, But yeah, so that was great. And I got to have like an Oprah moment and stand at the front and be like, <laughs> you, you get, get a pizza. pizza, you get a pizza. Um, and then we kind of garage sailed and gave out a whole bunch of, uh, the place, it's so funny because it does seem less cluttered around here because we gave out a bunch of posters and books and DVDs yeah. and yeah. stuff like that. So, um, and then one, one, one young lady won, won the award for being the first one disqualified from being able to win 
the Oscar ballot because she was at like zero when everyone else was at like, you know, at the 12 person yeah. mark. So she was, she was impossible for her to win. So she won that. Then I think she won like some random thing and she won like a best dressed. She won like three or four awards mm-hmm. throughout the night. So that was, she, it was like her and Mad Max were the most popular things yeah. going on at the Oscars. Um, as they should, as, as Mad Max should, should be. Yeah. <laughs> what, so what's the, people were freaking out because George Miller said, I, I don't want to do Mad Max. No. But, but then he, he was like, he I was didn't misquoted. say that. I yeah. think what happens is they do like foreign press. Yeah. And then there's bad translation or something. I think he said he didn't want to do it. I remember him being at the Cannes Film Festival saying like, yeah, not in a rush to do it. Yeah. Because it was such a hard movie to make, right? That oh, it's yeah. like, you know, I think he, he's not in a rush to make the next one. Yeah. Even though I'm sure Warner Brothers is at this point now that the movie's won six Oscars. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, th- th- this could end up being their slightly lesser extent, but it could be their, like, Lord of the Rings. If it, if it, if it goes mm-hmm. on for a trilogy, I don't know if he has interest in that. But And plus, he's not, he, he's, he's still doing fine, but he's not a young man. And running around the desert for six months yeah, is, yeah. is uh, I, I'm, I'm sure he wanted a little break in between. And, and I remember you saying how it was just hardship, like like they had to delay things and bad weather. Yeah, bad and, weather and just, you know, it, it wasn't an easy film to make. Yeah. So, and it, but it was worth the wait, right? Yeah. So, you know, I'm not in a rush to see the next one. I mean, I'd love to see another one, but like. I was, I'm willing to wait for it if it's gonna if the next yeah. one's gonna be as great as as the last one. And and I'm always suspicious because I think I think Charlize Theron again it could be a misquote said she wasn't really into coming back, but I'm like yeah that could just be like a negotiation ploy you know to to say like oh well maybe I'll come back if you give me a little bit more money yeah, we'll see, or the next one could just be more focused on on Mad Max on Max yeah uh, but man she was so popular I wouldn't be surprised if if. You know, Warner Brothers is like, uh, can we do a spinoff on Furiosa? Can we yeah, just that'd be do, cool. Can we just do that? Um, yeah. Because I know a, a, a number of, of ladies in my life uh, really loved Furiosa. Yeah. And really loved the film. Mm-hmm. And and I think it, it's it's I think it's great that we're really starting to skew. And we've had a few over the years. Like we we have uh, we have Ripley and we have you know T two. We mm-hmm. we have we have movies with characters, strong female action heroes. But they're in the minority compared to, like, your Schwarzeneggers and Stallones and stuff mm. like that. But now, like, in the next few months, and if you go back, like, we had Furiosa, we've got uh, Ghostbusters coming up. Uh, hopefully we'll have some more female superhero stuff happening. Um, so, yeah, that's cool. If, if they give Furiosa a movie, I would, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, and so we'll see what this means for... George Miller. Were you saying it's George's birthday today? I believe it is. Is that confirmed? And tonight we're showing uh, Happy Feet. Yeah. Very shortly for the fundraiser for the Girl Guides. Yeah. So we're going to have Girl Guides in here. And I've I've been kind of tweeting and Facebooking a little bit about it going, hey, Mad Max fans, come see the movie that George won the Oscar for. Yeah. I forgot that he won the Oscar, but I guess as the... It's like slimmed down slightly for best animated picture. So like if you're like producer or director, you get one instead of just like uh you know live action picture the picture did it win best no one best animated best animated yes best animated yeah but but like theoretically you could win best picture but not win an award as the director right right it's the producers who normally win yeah uh yeah so we mentioned uh another oscar movie coming up 
this week, starting Friday, March 4th, and playing for four nights, is The Revenant. Uh, so that'll be the, the, the last piece of the Oscar <clears throat> puzzle for me. I will now have seen all the Oscar movies. Mad Leo. Mad Leo. <laughs> and Leo finally got his award. Yeah. Uh, but he's not that old. But I guess he's just been in so many Oscar-caliber movies and mm-hmm. nominated. How many nominations does he have? A bunch. Oh, I don't know. And then, and then well, he was nominated when he was a kid, right, for Gilbert Grape. Gilbert Grape. And then I think there's a few along the line where people thought he was snubbed or whatever. But he's mm-hmm. he's never been the actor like somebody. I was listening to Doug Love's movies today, and somebody said it was like Leo and Tom Cruise are two of the kind of icons. And I'm like, but Tom Cruise especially, he's been very successful the last few years. But he's just doing action movies that don't really usually get Oscar mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Like he's done like a couple of Mission Impossibles and a couple of sci-fi movies. And it's been a little while since he's done, that I can think of, that he's done kind of like an Oscar bait kind of film. Yeah, um, well, he was. I think he was nominated for um, Magnolia. That's right, yeah. And Born on the Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. And I think not for Rain Man, but, but he's, he's got a couple anyhow. But now he'll be the next. He's, all he has to do is try. Stop, stop doing Mission Impossibles for a little while and go, <laughs> go do some drama, but... Uh, so I, I haven't seen Revenant, so I can't comment on it, but I know, like, if we're purely giving an award for hard work, the the, the people from The Revenant deserve a couple of awards, because it just looked mm-hmm. like hell. Like, like I, I, you know, walking home in minus 30 weather is tough. Filming a movie in minus 30 weather must just be be a, a, a chore. Just, yeah. And just Leo out there being eaten by bears and riding horses and falling off things and yeah. just... Yeah. Just and, and that they act like it was no um no studios outside all the time. Uh like or that, they they didn't shoot on lo- like they all shot exterior on location, I mm-hmm. believe. Yeah. So so I think they shot a lot of it in Canada. Yeah, I think so. Like in Alberta or something? Yeah. Everybody does now. Everything's shot here. Yeah. Yeah, even even it's like there's some stuff where they'll shoot a couple movies I've seen recently where they'll say like Shot in, oh, it was Brooklyn. Shot in, like, Quebec and New York City. Mm-hmm. And people are like, how? And I'm like, well, I bet you every single inside shot. So every single shot inside a train station or, or yeah. a, a house or an office, that's all Montreal because it's cheaper. And then the handful of shots outside New York, they shot in New York. But, yeah, it's just it's cheaper to, to split up a movie like that, which is crazy because you think, mm. like, oh, we're already here. But they're like, nope, ship everybody to Montreal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so we have The Revenant, we have Mad Max, there's two Oscar movies. Lady in the Van. Lady in the Van, which has been like our Star Wars <coughs> Force Awakens here. Yeah, our big blockbuster. <laughs> we, we have this, which is fair, we, we have a reputation with some people as kind of this like midnight movie grindhouse theater, which, which we do sometimes. We, we have, you know, of course, The Room and Rocky mm-hmm. Horror and... You know, on occasion we will show a, a a Lloyd Kaufman movie or something like that, but but our bread and butter is really the senior citizen matinee crowd. Yep. And often we joke that if 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 Maggie Smith, Helen Mirren, and Judy Dench could just like leapfrog doing like a movie a month for the foreseeable future, literally leapfrog, literally just onto leapfrog. Each other yeah, we'd be fine in a casting we, office because it was. What night? I worked a matinee, and then you came in, and I ended up sticking around because it got crazy, and I worked the box office while you jumped in Candy Bar. It was like a Friday or Saturday yeah. that Lady in the Van was playing. Yeah. And it was like 300 people. Yeah. And one of those nights where 150 of those people showed up at like 
ten two. Yeah, as that happens a lot. And you're in this like roller coaster ride of like you're running out of money and people are giving you fifties for a six dollar tab yeah. and you're trying to go, but that was nuts. Like like and and then in our matinee slots, which are genuinely a little bit um, a slower, have been like eighty five people two days in a row for Lady in the Van. Mm-hmm. So we're holding that over. I haven't seen it yet. Again, I want to see it next week. Um, it just looks like a, a you know a nice British old lady Maggie Smith movie. <laughs> That's the genre. <laughs> And youth, another and youth <coughs> senior citizens film, but uh, very different. And and just on on the cusp of being an <coughs> Oscar nominee because it had a best song. Yeah, but which I always kind of put an asterisk beside because I'm like, yeah, that's kind of counts. But yeah, I wasn't even aware of that at first. But it's got you know Harvey Keitel and Michael Caine and yeah, Jane Fonda. And it's one of the movies that. Every year there's like a handful of movies that people think, oh, that's a snub. And there's a few critics where I read yeah. where this was on like their, their snubbed list. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Michael Caine. He's probably my favorite actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. And it's, and it's just, and Jane Fonda too. You kind of forget about Jane Fonda because... Well, she was retired for so long. Yeah. And, and it just in the past few years, she kind of came back. And you remember the, 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 the heyday of Jane Fonda. Yeah. And, and she, was, she was this like, she was a superstar. And and doing drama, doing comedy, and then that she just kind of walked away from it to do workout videos, do workout videos, and make a billion dollars. Yeah, she married Ted Turner. Ted made another billion dollars. Yeah, um, and yeah, and especially now, like with with Michael Caine and Harvey Keitel, it's this genre of kind of on the surface, this might look like a you know grumpy old men kind of movie. Uh, I've heard nothing but good things about it though. So Michael Caine is a retired composer, and his buddy is Harvey Cattell, who is a screenwriter, and he's kind of washed up. Yeah. And they're at a spa together in Switzerland. Right. And so there's lots of them ogling young ladies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of them hanging out in the, in the sauna. But uh, I, I caught a, like a couple shots of the film just walking in the theater. It looks like beautifully shot. Yeah. And it's from the director of a film called The Great Beauty, which won Best Foreign Language Film like two years ago or okay. something. And yeah. that movie's fantastic. I haven't seen that one. And that's, uh, I think, kind of a similar themed film about um, uh, old people who are, you know, <laughs> desperately trying to hang on to yeah. any youth they have left. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that movie is like, that movie's amazing and youth looks a little similar. Yeah, and, and it, it's... Um on the same kind of old, older character topic of snub, I, I totally thought uh, Grandma was going to get something. Oh, for Lily Tomlin, yeah. I thought Lily Tomlin that. was totally going to get a Best Actress, if not nomination, win. And that movie got nothing. That yeah. movie totally... And, and, and it seemed... Like, when it came out, like, I remember... I mean, I know Rotten Tomatoes is a trick, but it was, like, 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. But, like, all the critics across the board, like, nobody was given it even, like, a, a neutral review. Well, it's not a great movie, but, but she's, she's very just, good oh, in she's it. she's so good. And Sam Elliott is very good in that movie, too. Yeah. I liked how simple it was, and I liked how... Often I complain about how long a movie is. Like Yeah, even, it was short. Even, like, a two-hour movie. I'm like, ah, cut 20 minutes off it. And it was, like, 75 minutes. Like, it, it was, like, a, yeah. like, an animated movie short. But it was just simple story... Day in the life, beginning, middle, end, done. Mm-hmm. But she was so strong in it. And she just, I, I think, you know, very much kind of playing who she is, if you ever see her in interviews, just a kind of a tough old broad. If you, if you ever see her in those clips of um, I Heart Huckabees, when she's having a fight. Yeah, when her and David, David Russell, Russell are 
butting heads. Who she says to this day that she's great friends with, but yeah. they're just both angry, loud, <laughs> argumentative artistes. Yeah. But that that was a movie that I was kind of surprised that uh, I would have voted for a best actress for her mm-hmm. on that one. But yeah, sometimes movies just kind of come and go. Like they they yeah. they are a lot of it's just when they come out. Like maybe that came out too early in the year, and the Academy forgot about it. Yeah, th- there's some statistic going around right now, or not now, but I was reading recently where like the last movie to really get play that came out before November was uh, Fargo. Like Fargo mm-hmm. back in the mid '90s actually came out in like January or February, mm-hmm. and actually was kept its buzz long enough that people voted for it like a year later. Yeah. Cause usually now they're, they're savvy enough and you, you'll see it. Like the, it seems like only movies that are released in December are allowed to get nominated for awards. Cause that's just how they play now. Like they'll, they'll, they'll even release it like as close as like Christmas day and, or do the old, like I forget the exact rules, but it's like if you release in like two major cities, or like a certain number of film festivals, that's all you have to do. So you can just release for seven days or 14 days or whatever it is in New York and LA mm-hmm. and then do the wider release in January when you're closer to when Oscar people are voting. Yeah. So it's this whole trick. Like they, they've got it down. They've, they've, and, and if you look at most past winners, like look at this year, like, like Revenant, Hateful Eight, Bridge of Spies, uh, you know, most of these films all came out around the holiday season mm-hmm. or didn't get a wide release into yeah. January. And that's what makes it so predictable, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so painfully predictable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, so yeah, I never, like, I often, like a few years back, Scott Pilgrim was hands down my favorite movie of the year. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Like, mm-hmm. like, and I, and if it was me, I'd be like, it should be up for like cinematography and special effects yeah. and score, uh, director. And that's a movie that is that mix of both, didn't do very well in the box no. office and got zero nominations anywhere. Yeah. But yet for people who love it, like me, it's a classic. Like, like I would put it on, on a pedestal with any other great film that people might put on a pedestal, you know, like I, I put it right up there with, you know, American graffiti or mean streets or what, like I, I love Scott Pilgrim, but I prefer, um, that's probably my least favorite Edgar Wright. Movie, oh yeah. But I, I prefer, um, I love World's End, actually. I thought World's yeah. End was pretty, pretty I'm a, amazing. I'm a super fan. I, I, I have not been let down by, by Edgar Wright at this yeah. point. And uh, even just recently, like, he, he tweeted, somebody tweeted their, uh, the clapperboard from, from Baby Driver. His next movie? His next movie. And I, and I posted it on the website, or on the uh, Twitter feed, and was like, can we, can we show this now? Can we, can we show this yet? Uh, I, I worked on a, a few years back, I happened to stumble on, thanks to a friend of mine who was like, do you want to come work on this? I worked on a, a pilot for um, a CBC TV show that I never even watched, but they, they filmed the pilot here at least, and I think some of the series. And one of the crew guys had a Scott Pilgrim uh, jacket on. And I was like, oh my God, did you work on Scott Pilgrim? And he laughed and he's like, yeah, and it was as cool as you think it was. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we chatted a bit about it. And right around the same time, the Mayfair was going to be playing Scott Pilgrim. So this, right. this was a couple of years ago. And he said, oh, you should go on social media and tell him because Edgar really loves old theaters and he'll totally like give you a shout out. Mm-hmm. So that was like the, the fun, small bit of power in the Mayfair world is yeah. I, I dropped him like a Facebook message 
And Edgar Wright wrote me back like 15 wow. minutes later and was like, hey, thanks for, thanks for, for dropping me a note. Uh, let me know if there's anything I can do. And I said, oh, we'd appreciate just a shout out on social media. And then he wrote us a little letter that I, a little paragraph that I got to, to read before the crowd and just say, Edgar wanted to say hello. So that made me feel like a nice big wow, shot. that's cool. And so that's the most thing I like about, you know, for all the evils of social media. For, for, <laughs> and there are a lot of them. And there's a lot of them. For all the annoyances and for every time you get frustrated because, you know, uh, somebody's bugging you online or somebody asks you a dumb question or, or you know, someone's spamming your account. Like, like people say, why, why can't I just go on the Mayfair account? And it's because because nine out of ten of you is robots. Yeah, I can't. I can't. <laughs> uh, every time I approve somebody for the, yeah. the Facebook group, it turns out to be you know like a, a Russian ro- male bride or something. <laughs> yeah. Like only only you're good at approving well, real people. I'm starting to second guess myself though, because like today I went on today and there was like three people, and usually I go on and I check it out, and if it's somebody from like a far off land, if it says like they're from like Tibet, that's kind of a red flag. Yeah. Or if they're photos. Well, why, would, why, why would we need anybody from Tibet? Yeah. Like, you think, well, maybe it's somebody who's from Ottawa and moved there, <laughs> you know? But you look at that, and then you could tell by their photos. Like, it's always just, like... Or it'll say it's a he, and it's photos of, like, Cindy Crawford. Like, just random, yeah. you know? Yeah, But then it's, it's getting smarter, though, because now they'll say, like, like, Canada, you know? And I looked at one today, and it was a guy from Ottawa, and it was like, hmm, suspicious. And I had to actually like take five minutes and look around his account and be like, okay, he likes, he likes, you know, Mavericks or he likes the Ottawa Senators. But even that, I I let him in and I'm like, oh, I'm not positive, (laughs) but it worked. But, uh, but yeah, like it's, it's, it's a shame, but often like some of our super fans will, will email you or I or text and be like, oh, I think you got spammed. I'm like, oh God. And so far has been nothing too horribly offensive but i'm just waiting for some horrible like x-rated spam to hit us <laughs> but so far it's been like buy shoes or something like that buy but shoes and basically all it does it, it annoyingly posts a comment on like a hundred comments we've never we haven't had a problem on our twitter page with that have we no twitter seems to be a bit better twitter is clearly a better run yeah organization like a couple times sometimes um there, it's easier to not get onto your feed because sometimes a robot will say something, hey, at Mayfair Theater, come check out this site. And you're like, oh, you're a robot, block you. Yeah. So that doesn't make it into your feed right away. Yeah. And, you know, and, and it's pretty easy that on the off chance that somebody came on and did some horrible racial slur, <laughs> you just block. Like, it's yeah. very easy to kind of curb that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, I, I, what I love about social media is that that connection to the filmmaker uh, and especially on independent films and distributors or people like Edgar Wright or even whether you're a fan or not, someone like Kevin Smith, um, they're great about giving you a retweet or commenting yeah, on you. Yeah, because they're fans too. Yeah. yeah, or saying like like Kevin Smith, who is a big Canada fan, when we screened Tusk, he was like, Tusk comes to our nation's capital. Don't miss it tonight at the Mayfair Theater. Mm-hmm. And that's cool because... I worked one of those screenings and Tusk did pretty well for us. Mm -hmm. And there was one night where I just had like a, like a spidey sense that like, like 85 of the 90 people there had never been to the Mayfair before. Right. And they were coming from maybe a little farther off, maybe suburbia, maybe some, you know, and they heard about it because they're a Kevin Smith fan and they have him on Twitter and that got them into our theater. 
Mm-hmm. So, so that's the good side of social media uh, is kind of helping out in that sense or mm-hmm. getting us 40 free pizzas for our Oscar party because Panago pizza is awesome. And, yeah. Uh, so that's kind of fun. Um, that was much better than uh, us running across the street every half an hour yeah. to pierogies last yeah. year. Yeah, it was, it was a good idea and we, and we love our friends at House of Targ, but it just became this, you know, we don't have the space. We have this little box office and a candy bar and, and again, like 99% of our customers are awesome, but then you get that one uh, extra drunk customer coming back every 90 seconds. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> saying, are my progies here yet? And you're like, no, no, sir. You're, you asked 90 seconds ago. No, I didn't. Yeah, they're still not here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so just throwing 40 pizzas at the, at the crowd is, uh, is a, a much easier endeavor. Yes. And I, and I, and I will spend... Man, so last night... The, the, the circle of life of our awesome neighborhood is I went across the street to give some end of night leftover popcorn to Targ mm-hmm. and Val, their manager over there, was all excited and she said, she said, oh, I have something for you. So moments before, Panago, I guess they had just closed uh, at like 10 or 11 or whatever it is, came over and brought them a vegan pizza. So it was just like, I gave them popcorn, they gave me pizza, it was all free, it was all neighborly switch-offs. <laughs> It was like living the dream. If I can yeah. get free pizza all the time, um, and yeah. So let's get back on track. What do? So only one more movie I think we got to talk about is uh, Portrait of a Serial. Oh Monogamist. yeah, the uh, Ottawa premiere. That's and a Canadian film. I think that looked really well. Um, I've, I've just you know read up on it a little bit, uh, you know, to make a Facebook post or whatever. But it's got high praise from some indie festivals, um, and it's basically a. Um, a lesbian rom-com. Mm-hmm. Uh, this woman who can't commit. Yeah. And uh, the trailer's really great. looks really fun. And um, I oh, I just forgot. But I believe we've played a movie from this, this group, these filmmakers, before. Okay. And it did well. Like, and it was, was another... It cloudburst? Was that it? Maybe. It might have been. But we, we screened another, another uh, Canadian lesbian-themed motion picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have that as a, um, a matinee on Sunday, March 6th, and then an evening show... At 6.30 on Monday the 7th. And uh, hopefully it's a nice big crowd. It's always kind of as we comment on, like we love showing stuff like this. And when people come and buy a ticket for stuff like this, it makes it easier for both us to play it and for the distributor to look at us and go, oh, you guys did well with that. We're going to give you another movie. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so hopefully, and that's, you know, people, anytime people say, oh, are you going to, like, when, when there's that, National Canadian Day, National Film National Day, Film Day, which we participated in once, and then we were going to again, and stuff kind of went wrong. But we kind of say we don't really. It's cool to have a National Film Day, but we just show enough Canadian films here. Like, yeah, if, if you look at our, like, if you go back and look at a month of our screenings, usually there's a Canadian film or two in mm-hmm. there, and and we you know, try to upsell it as Canadian, but we also just try to upsell it as good, good films. And so that's, that's one coming up portrait of a serial monogamous. So come and check that one out. And, um, yeah, so that's our five films this week. And it's funny cause that means we have three out of five are Oscar winners or nominees. Uh, one is a very popular Maggie Smith film. So she won, won two Oscars. She's, she's a, won two Oscars. That, yeah. That, that's what IMDb told me. That she, she's a double winner for quite a while ago, though. Like, one was, like, the early 80s, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a Canadian film. 
And then we're one weekend away from our kicking off our Mayfair Theater Kids Club, mm-hmm. which I've just got, fingers crossed, it'll draw a crowd. There's been a lot of good buzz about it because uh, then we can, uh, got lots of plans for the future, but I've ordered the, the cool membership cards. And when I, when I send them to Mel, I was like, what do you think of these? And she goes, no, it should say Secret Pass. So it says Secret Mayfair Kids Club Secret Pass on it. Oh, cool. Which is fun. And so the, the inaugural uh, screening will be Land Before Time, which is already makes me feel extra old because it's like a 25-year-old Don Bluth animated film. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have some surprises on screen beforehand of some, some short animation, which will be fun. Yeah, that's a cool idea. And I've, I've been working on... Uh, I've got them all picked out and put in my computer. I just got to kind of get them on, on disc or get them on a file and get it. Gwen, Gwen's smarter than me, so she'll figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> and But it's cool, but basically... Um, uh, I have, I have like 60 hours of, of old cartoons. Mm-hmm. So I'm both going through and just finding ones and they're not like, you know, DCP quality, but they're good. They're, they're mm-hmm. watchable. And Lee, when he, when I told him I wanted to do this, was like, oh, make sure they're good quality. I'm like, man, I went to the animation fest and they were showing stuff that was like off VHS tapes. Yeah. So in, in, in those kind of situations, people are kind of okay with a little bit of rough around the edges. Yeah. But the biggest thing is going through and making sure you're not going to screen a horribly racist cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> so when I'm when it's some old like like Felix the Cat cartoon or or some old Oswald the Rabbit cartoon, I just kind of go through and I'm like, yeah, oh no, <laughs> what made. year was this made? Yeah. <laughs> or there's some that are like weirdly twistedly violent, like like a Casper cartoon where like he has a little fox friend who dies. And there's like a really weird scene where Casper's like holding the fox's dead body. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's that's weird. So so I've gone through and found some nice, neutral, cool, old-timey yeah. cartoons. And uh, But yeah, I think that'll be fun. And then, um, uh, yeah, hopefully big crowds for that. And then we'll, we'll, this will be like a monthly endeavor. And we'll have, uh, I think we mentioned before, like, unfortunately, the Disney movies aren't available. Mm-hmm. But there's a bunch <coughs> of Don Bluth stuff. And there's some live-action kid stuff that's available. And mm-hmm. even the stuff we screened before, like, I know there's at least one old um, Charlie Brown film out there or some goofy stuff like... Yeah, we showed a Charlie Brown movie. Yeah. Uh, Race for Your Life or something. Yeah, which is really fun. I love it because it's like this old, like, hand-drawn, old-school animation. And um, and maybe some treasures will pop up. It's, it's surprising um, and great that the powers that be are putting stuff over to DCP for us to screen. Um, so, like, Land Before Time, coming up next weekend, it'll be DCP. Mm-hmm. Um so that means they're kind of going into their catalog a bit. So that means maybe some of the older stuff, uh, and you know, don't quote me on this, but just off the top of my head, like I would love to screen something like, you know, Secret of Nim or Last Unicorn. So if that mm. kind of stuff is coming out, uh, is more stuff that would 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 make for good kids programming. And uh, so yeah, so the deal with the Kids Fest is um, it's free screening once a month. Buy a membership for ten bucks, and kids get in for free. Uh, their first admission, they'll also get a free popcorn and drink. And then uh, after that for a year, so they'll get up to 12 movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if they, you know, I know kids like repetition, so they can come twice. They can come see Land Before Time twice. Come, yeah. s- come see it Saturday and Sunday. And grown-ups are welcome at normal price, because I know there's a lot of people who might not have a kid handy, but still want to come see Land Before <laughs> they Time. They have a kid on them. And uh, Mel is very excited about Land Before Time and keeps calling it Littlefoot. And I, I didn't know... And it was popular, but I didn't know it had a big following. But Mel said that was one of the movies that, as a as a teeny tiny kid, that she watched 
over and over and over until the the VHS machine ate the tape and uh. blew up. But um, but yeah, so that'll be uh, next weekend, March twelfth and thirteenth. Come out for that, and um, yeah. I think that's everything. What, that's, what time are we at? Uh, we're kind of watching the clock because Andrew and I are squeezing this in. Yeah, we've got uh, the Happy Feet people coming in soon. Yeah, and they're bringing Girl Guide cookies. Oh wow, just like the Oscars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so I think they'll be they'll man they'll probably make more money off of selling Girl Guide cookies if, if they get ambitious with that. We should start selling Girl Guide cookies. I think there's even some Girl Guide cookies I can eat. Not like they're they're. Um, yeah, I think there's a kind that even I, as a pesky vegan, that I'm allowed to eat. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, so make sure, what time are we at? Oh, we we're good. Are, look at that. Yeah. I, I'm starting to get a clock in my brain where without yeah. looking at a clock, I can I can guess when we're at like 40 or 43 minutes or you so. You start to feel it after a while. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so be sure to visit uh, all our friends in the neighborhood, House of Targ, one of our sponsors. Yeah. Um, I know, I think this is a little while away, but they have a band coming up called Hirvana, which is an oh. <laughs> all-girl Nirvana cover band. I'm all in for that. <laughs> I want to go see that. And they have, check out their free play on Sunday nights, which I keep on missing because I keep on working Sunday nights. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that's the most fun night where you can just go and pay five bucks and play all the pinball and video games you want. Yeah. Um, and uh, what's, what's based on a book this week that we could recommend? The Revenant. The Revenant is based on a book? Yeah, if, oh. if there's an audio book of it. There must be an audio book of it. Probably. Does Mad Max have an audio thing? I don't think so. They should. They should do Expanded Universe uh, Mad Max. That's one thing. They made a Mad Max comic book. That's not, yeah. a, not an adaptation, but an Expanded Universe one. Yeah, yeah. I want to read that. Um, but yeah, so go check out. What's the, what's the website, Shtick? Audibletrial.com <clears throat> slash Mayfair Theater Podcast. It's a little long, but... You can go there and uh, sign up for a free trial and download a free audiobook. And uh, we'll be back next week. Hopefully Mel will decide to forgive us and come back <laughs> to <laughs> our podcast. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, let's go eat a bunch of Girl Guide cookies. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs>